two, three, tap. Go. The old sink. And I don't. Well, I guess we. I don't have I a way to play the intro. What should I do? I have nothing that makes any music. I have a. I think just a percussion, I guess, but. Well, I got, we'll just raw dog this intro right into the show, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, how are you? It has been a while since we've been able to get together with my schedule I, and all that. I know it's been it's been uh, lots of things going on. The um, what's what's really disturbed me during this time is um, Hawaii. You heard the the laws that. Hawaii is passing about uh, laughing too loud. Oh, I have not. Yeah, you're not allowed to laugh any la- uh, loudly in the entire state of Hawaii anymore. Wow. You're, you're only allowed a low ha. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't see that coming from a, <laughs> from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done. Yes, again, I have nothing here that makes... <laughs> It's just a polite clap on that one. That was well done. Ah, it is good to be back. We were going to do Portland at the movies last week, and we all forgot. (laughs) And then Brian is out on vacation, so we called a little audible, and I had 30, 35 news stories piled up from the the last month. And so I thought, well, let's just get together and do a little... (laughs) bonusy episode of all the news that i've been sitting on so i had a um while i was watching tiktok videos there's a mathematician on there that that i followed and he went through the steps of showing something that then i just couldn't wrap my head around until i looked at it from a different perspective so i thought i'd throw this out to you um and I don't recall if you and I chatted about this off the show. I know we haven't talked about it on the show. Doesn't so, sound familiar so far. So um, if I look at the digits 0 through 9, so uh, in uh, base 10, the, the numeric, uh, fundamental numeric 0 through 10 and 11 through 20 and all that, uh, <laughs> I'm a little fuzzy right now. Sorry. Um <laughs> In the digits 0 through 9, let's pick a number, like the number 7. In a single digit number in base 10, there's a 10% chance of any of those digits being the number 7, right? Now if we add in two digits, so 0 through 99, you've got 10% of the numbers of, you know, uh, 0 through 9 as a 7, 11 through 17, right? Plus all of the 70s numbers, right? And so the number goes greater than 10%, uh, and it's like 16% or something. I, I don't have the math in front of me. If you go to three characters or three digits, the number gets higher and higher until you get to an octillion which is a super big, 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 big number, like one with 24 zeros behind it. Okay. 99.999% of all numbers contain that number seven. 
And that didn't well, make Well, I'm afraid I just don't believe you, Mark. <laughs> I, <laughs> I believe you may be pulling my leg. All right. And so that blew my mind. And then I realized, like, okay. Oh, you get to, like, the 700,000s or the 700 millions or whatever. Totally. So but 99. 99 point. Yeah. Effectively, 100% of the numbers have the number seven in them. Which doesn't that make works sense. for every single digit. Correct? Exactly. Like, yeah, we did the no, no, number two or number. Yeah. So how does it? How does? Okay. okay. Is there more? Let's yeah. let's think. And so that's where my mind was. I'm going. That doesn't make sense. I don't believe you. That's how can not there be a almost a hundred percent of every number represented in right. an octillion? Right. 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 So, <clears throat> um, if you think about it a different way, if I've got. 24 rolls of a 10-sided die. Okay? So, if I've got 24 digits on a number, each one has a random chance of being a 7. Right. And so, after a certain number of rolls, if you will, you are nearly guaranteed... To get a seven on one of those rolls. Okay. And so, like, the odds of one of the digits in a 24-digit long number, the odds of one of those digits being a seven. Okay, so you're not saying... You're not saying that 99% of those numbers are going to be seven they just the probability of those numbers being a seven is 99 123 octillion uh you know except you know 222 septillion 26 keep keep going (laughs) right that number is going to statistically always have a seven in it okay wow oh that's fascinating (laughs) it's it's a dumb exercise for my brain but i i (laughs) it took a journey to get me to the end (laughs) and and get to the place where i believed the math right Uh, yeah and it was weird uh that's crazy yeah so uh so uh if you had a octillion sided die (laughs) and rolled it it will always have a seven in the number somewhere. If only we could get one of those die, <laughs> which I would, would just be a ball. I would guess. Be a ball. <laughs> a very round ball. <laughs> Yay. So what did you uh, I'm to? trying to think of? I am trying to think just getting through. I'm almost done with my uh, last term of this year of school. The third, the third term, uh, I'll keep taking classes through summer and stuff like that, but I've had, Colin lived Colin living with me for the last couple months and it really does and maybe I should say this until after after he's got one one more week before uh, before he he leaves and I really it's become clear to me how much I like to live by myself yeah <laughs> and fair. how yeah and how I don't know it's just been interesting interesting to I mean I've always I've always known that I've liked to especially at the end of the day be by myself like I need yeah. a sensory deprivation tank where 
I'm not hearing anything from someone else that bothers me. I'm not, you know, this or that. There's always that constant awareness that something else is around you, that it's hard for me to completely unplug from that and not worry. Like, am I making them upset? Should I be, should I, all that and, and all it. So yeah, it's, it's funny how I'm like, okay, that's kind of a confirmation that I, I do, I do. It's like I need if I ever if I ever start dating or get married again, my dream is to have one of those um, houses where it's like two houses connected by like the walkway, you know, entryway in the middle or whatever. <laughs> and like eight o'clock. See you tomorrow. <laughs> but Perfect. I don't think that's a healthy, healthy way to be in relationship <laughs> is to do that. Uh Colin, you want to be on the podcast? No, I'm good. No, no, he's good. <laughs> That's the response that all our guests give us. No, yeah, we're fine. No. Nope. So, what about you? What's been going on? It's been, it's been a, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, and we, uh, yesterday, we picked up a new puppy. Uh, if uh, we had a pug for almost 17 years isabel pug that's and so crazy she passed away back in september and so it's been six or seven months and and we have been in the mode of exploration do we get another pug or a different type of animal so we've been doing rover and like borrowing a lot of dogs uh on somebody else's and rover dime. is like a a like a dog sitting yeah it's like a airbnb for dog sitting so (laughs) we are uh dog sitters and so we'll board dogs overnight or day watch them during the day and uh and so we've had where your your clients hand off a dog with brittle bones (laughs) and (laughs) so every time you walk too loudly their their bones (laughs) just shatter into a million pieces and yes you did break it (laughs) yep and so uh, uh Uh, So yesterday we picked up little Penelope Pug uh, from Eugene and uh, and it's uh, like she has moved me to tears. She is so cute. You know, like it's she is monstrously. You send a couple picture and it's like it's not even a real like I thought that last one you sent this morning was like what did it like really badly photoshopped like to be so cute that it hurts with like little butterfly wings but no that's just a picture nick took this morning yep just we were playing in the yard this morning and that was a picture of her it's wow yeah so, so yeah maybe we, we'll use we'll use a, that picture for our uh episode uh perfect. episode picture this time perfect. so people love puppies and uh yeah, and so that's that's kind of been the the main thrust of things, uh, preparing for new puppy in our life and and doing that. So, trying. Uh, it's, where did it, the name Penelope? Where did the name Penelope come from? No Just specific alliteration. Yeah, yeah, we we like the name. Uh, we had a couple others that we were working through, and we we settled on on Penelope. Uh, it's it's weird though, like when we got Isabel. Um, we had no expectations. Like we got a puppy and we, everything was brand new with that puppy all the time. And, um, I had had plenty of other dogs before, but not a pug and not like, you know, not with Nick and, and all these things. And now we inevitably, everything is measured against, 
the last 17 years with our other pug. And so, right. uh, oh, does she look like that when she, will that lighten up in her ears like Isabel's? Will that, you know, everything, everything's being measured whether we want to or not. And it's, it's like fine. a second child, how they're it's just tough. invariably compared to exactly, exactly. To the one that came before him, good <laughs> so, and bad. So sorry, Penelope, you're going to be compared to Isabel Pug. Uh, a lot of projection happening in your life. <laughs> totally. But um, yeah, uh, that's that's what's going nice. on here. Yes, and I can't wait to meet little little Pee Pee or whatever I decide to call her for sure. So <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, let's take a look at some of this news that's been uh, piling up. Why don't you take that first one there? You bet. So uh, tech layoffs are ravaging the teams that fight online misinformation and hate speech. Meta, Amazon. Alphabet, the makers of Google and Twitter, have all drastically reduced the sizes of their teams focused on internet trust and safety, as well as ethics as the companies focus on cost cuts. As part of Meta's mass layoffs, the company ended a fact-checking project that had taken half a year to build, according to people familiar with the matter. Abuse actors are usually ahead of the game. It's a cat and mouse game, uh, says Arjun Narajan who previously served as trust and safety lead at Google and ByteDance. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I feel like every aspect of our nation and economy is just shifting to more profitability over everything else. Like, the only focus is profitability and you know, damn to anything that would help humanity. Uh, in If you ever you want know. to see a shocking graph, there's one about uh, worker productivity and worker pay or whatever, and productivity has just been skyrocketing and pay has been not Flat. moving since the 70s. At, at least, uh, yeah. And uh, all the, you know, corporate stock buybacks and and just just everything is uh geared to concentrate wealth near the top and this is another example of that of like it's the right thing to do to have a team in place that moderates and and helps with misinformation but they're the first to go because they're not profit generating they're probably right uh the opposite of profit generating is they're reducing the quantity of posts in the system and re- reducing engagement and uh, thus reducing profitability for them. Right. Uh, well, and like, so I kind of grew up with that axiom of the, you know, the private sector can do it better and cheaper and faster, all of that right. than, than the government, which to a degree, I completely agree with. Sure. Except that they're not going to, the private sector is not going to do anything that is not profitable. Exactly. And so, like, none of our huge solution or huge problems are profitable to fix. It is not profitable to fix poverty. It is not profitable yeah. to offer people mental health uh, care or all of that. And so nobody's going to step up to fill that gap. And so now there's a, yeah. And so, and so we're all screwed. It's, it's interesting, too, because a lot of it is it, there are things with health care that are profitable long term but everything is geared to short-term profits and so like helping people stay healthy makes 
people live longer and make more money that gets fed into the system. And but, need healthcare less. And need healthcare, healthcare less, which <laughs> isn't profitable. Uh, and so, right. yeah, so, yeah, uh, our, our, our country's screwed. Good times. <laughs> well, scientists are working to generate electricity from thin air. Uh, they've invented a device that continuously generate electricity. The novel Air Generator, or Air Gen, is made from materials with holes that are under 100 nanometers in length, which is a scale a thousand times smaller than a human hair. This design can pull electricity from water droplets in the air for much longer periods than previously, previous concepts, suggesting that it could eventually provide a continuous and sustainable source of power. Uh, they hope the technique could eventually help fight climate change by serving as an alternative to fossil fuels now i knew like i've seen those gizmos that they put like in the in the desert that are like the big fan with all the little fingers and that gets uh that takes um, moisture out of the air and makes water into it another thing i've seen is that they'll literally just freeze a giant pile of ice that just will slowly melt over the summer but providing water that whole time mm -hmm. or whatever i've seen people use methods like that um but i've never heard of being able to what this says pull electricity from water droplets yeah which is pretty interesting yeah uh and i i'd be interested in going a little deeper into that or talking to somebody who's familiar with that there i know that uh the ionization of water like there's there's a lot of uh, free, freely roaming electrons in water. Uh, and so there's you know, clearly they're tapping into uh, some ionization stuff and, and trying to scrape the electrons off of uh, things and which is well, like, why do we got to, why, why not just use water that we have like it's right. neat that we can do it and pull it out of thin air but it's like yeah can't we just start with the water we have and like build up to that <laughs> yeah i i i'll be fascinated to look into that a little bit more and find out how <laughs> I'll, how the I'll be fascinated works. to to never think of this story again well, New York City is shrinking under the weight of its own buildings. They warn that the weight of New York City's skyscrapers is actually causing the Big Apple, whose more than 1 million buildings weigh nearly 1.7 trillion, with a T, uh, pounds to sink lower into the surrounding bodies of water. Um, it's losing a rate of one to two millimeters a year with some areas subsiding much faster. The gradual descent makes New York City extremely vulnerable to natural disasters. Um, Lower Manhattan is particularly at risk and there is a concern for both Brooklyn and Queens as well. They feel the structural integrity of the buildings could be a risk to the future. Um, in addition, greenhouse gases appear to be reducing the natural wind shear barrier along the U.S. East Coast, which will allow more frequent high-intensity hurricanes, uh, hurricane events in the coming decades. So, I mean, yeah, it's heavy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, hmm. there, there we go. So, like, how do you fix that? Well, fortunately, uh, we'll all be dead by it's by the time it's a big problem. So, <laughs> short-term profits, baby. One of the <laughs> so one of the classes I'm taking right now in grad school is um, called futures something something something. But the idea is that I, it's got a big, long, stupid academic name. Um, but it's about um, 
future forecasting and trying to be kind of proactive, like what do we think the future is going to look like in 5, 10, 20 years? You know, what are the roles social workers will play, blah, blah, blah. And so we're given a bunch of tools that you can kind of figure out um, um, how to use to say like, oh, here's a trend that's happening. Here's the thing that might lead to this. Um, uh-oh, I've, I've already lost the thread of why I started talking about this. Um, but it's interesting to, oh, shit. <laughs> it had something to do with the weight of New York's building um, and climate change. Damn it. No, no, no. I'm almost there. Okay. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yes. (laughs) Have I mentioned I've had really bad insomnia this entire past week? Um, And so it's like, yeah, what what jobs are going to be there in the future that something like environmental we're having more and more environmental disasters what does that look like and so they have all these kind of example jobs of people that have done done some of the forecasting and like a a climate change um evacuation coordinator coordinators in cities where we're taking climate change refugees from uh, coastal regions that no longer are above water and like just kind of looking into the future like is it going to be that drastic maybe maybe not or whatever but just the idea of new york city sinking like we should probably think ahead about what that means when it is underwater and so all of these little things have me thinking about have future and i think what i've done my my final project had to record um this afternoon but it's about the future of the subscription economy like now that that is the huge thing is what they call access not ownership where we buy right. a product and then we pay every month to use it. Hewlett Packard right now just has a huge thing or of um, or not Hewlett Packard, one of the printer printer makers, I forget which one it is, with their ink subscription service right. where like you have a box of ink sent to you, fine. Let's say I didn't use all of that ink and then I got rid of my subscription. That ink is locked. Like, that's crazy. So, like, we are just paying for the things that we have already bought on a continual basis. So, I'm kind of, like, trying to suss out, there's like, a, where is this going to lead? Where, what if we have nothing that we own that we can't rely on exactly. in hard times? Like, I'll just use this, but that gets repossessed. And There's uh, there's some subscription services being added to vehicles that, uh, you're like, yeah. like uh, if you want the BMW's heated BMW seats. heated seats, like... What? <laughs> and like it used to be if you wanted a car with heated seats, you paid for more because that car was built to do that. Now we're getting the we're already paying for a car built to do that. We're not paying for them to add something and add, you know, time and labor. It is already there. You just have to pay to unlock it. And now with the Internet of Things, like so is our water heater. So like what if Nestle owns our water supply and like there's rental tiers where you're allowed to use water only certain parts of the day because you are on the lowest tier. Like what does all of this look like? Short term problem. Everyone is well, and it's funny because like most of the literature that's out there are um, by business for business, BF, FB, FB or whatever. Um, And 
like they cannot be more excited because they're like, oh, this is a way that we can get people to continuously give us money, which is great. And like right. no one there's there's some people talking about like, hey, this might be bad, but <laughs> most of it, most of it is. And most of the dialogue around it is like, isn't this exciting? So didn't anyway, didn't we do this at the end of the 1800s? Like <clears throat> the concentration of wealth at the top and the disparity between the the workers and Andrew Carnegie and you know, just it it. Feels, yes. It feels and and before that and yeah. before that yeah. and before that and before that, it takes a long time to build a system as efficient as ours to take money from poor people and give it to the rich. Like that's not something that just happens overnight. <laughs> that takes like a, a whole millennia. That's catching up with us. Well, uh, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> TikTok a story about Mark <laughs> TikTok tracked users who watched gay content prompting employee complaints. TikTok doesn't ask users to disclose their sexual orientation, but it cataloged video, videos users watched under topics such as LGBT, short for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender. The what is the... Isn't there several more? I know there's IA, but I swear I saw another place where there's another one now, and now I don't remember what it was or what it stands for. It's um, like an L in there, or in like another... Well... Uh, it, it, many times you'll see the Q added, uh, LGBTQ, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, and LGBTQIA, and I've seen LGBTQIA, right? Intersex but I and asexual. Swear, yeah, I swear there's another one now, and I was like, all right, let's LGBTQIA. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm supportive of all the letters, and uh, <laughs> teach me another letter. We to all add. belong in yeah. our alphabet. There yeah. is no letter that does not belong in our alphabet. Exactly. Uh, the cl- <laughs> Except for that one that's an A and E mashed together. England can go have that. <laughs> all, all letters matter? No. Um, the, the, if my O wants an umlaut, if it want one dot or two, a little hash going in either direction above it. Uh, so the former employees said the collection of information which could be viewed by some employees through a dashboard included a set of affiliated users who watched these videos and their ID numbers, they said. So, um, <clears throat> uh, it's so interesting. I mean, it's, yeah. it's clearly doing this for every category, but there right. are categories that maybe people want to mm. ensure their privacy with right. or make sure that exactly. people who would harm them are not able to gain access to that information. So... Good thing they're firing all the people in charge of fixing that issue. <laughs> but on uh, but, August 12th, coming up. Go ahead. That's right. It's the uh, uh, Portland Naked Bike Ride. The World Naked Bike Ride is slated for Saturday, August 12th. Riders will gather at 7.30 p.m. with a ride beginning at sunset. The exact route, as usual, will be about the only thing kept on will be the only thing kept undercover uh, until a later date, much closer to the event. So, yeah, they don't typically announce where that is until, what is it, like the day of or the week of? How, do no, they, the how close do of. they do that? Yeah, the day of usually. Because they all showed up in a park by your house that one time, yeah. right? And then they all went past my house when I was living in, in Northeast. Exactly. They, yeah, they, they usually announce the starting point uh, 
just just a couple days out and they don't give the route out until the day of just so that you don't have creepers whatever right uh, well, I would I would almost things. argue that if you want to destigmatize and desexualize human nudity, go to the world bike <laughs> naked bike ride because there's nothing sexy about it. There is nothing nothing like bring your kids and they'll be like, oh, that's what naked people look like. They will be far less interested in yep. trying to find different ways to see naked people that are maybe not as safe for for those viewers so fully, go enjoy fully agree yeah yeah um let's see blah 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 the world naked bike ride is designed to bring awareness to causes like bicycle safety and pollution local organizers described it as a light-hearted protest against dependency on oil during so. covid didn't they do like this really weird well, it's going on, but we're not collecting as a group. You can just ride naked <laughs> by yourself. And I don't know if that was a prank. <laughs> oh, I'm a, are you playing? I'm not playing anything. What's going what? on? Are you not hearing this? No. There's I, like trap music playing I, somewhere. Hold on. There, I must have a window. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, oh my gosh. Okay, so none of that was on. It wasn't recorded <laughs> on my think, side. I don't think any of it was recorded on my side either. Um, the news story, <laughs> now now we'll have to speak to it. The news story I sent you beforehand about the Philharmonic, oh, yeah. that, was, that was in an open window. And so it started playing like the, the music that plays under news stories that don't have audio where it was like, dun, dun, just to keep your interest. And then it started playing um, the When Harry Met Sally part where Sally is faking the orgasm <laughs> thing. So I'm hearing trap music. <laughs> so what is happening? So tell tell me, why why would they play that? Why would they play that segment? So the story and I wrestled, and this is how <laughs> how quickly I fall to my own my own demons. Mark uh, is that there was a story that I had flagged, and I went back and forth on whether or not to to talk about it. And I was like, well, I don't think we'll have a way to play audio that will end up on the feed. So I'm just gonna and it and it. I didn't. I don't love working blue, so I was like, maybe it's a little bit too much. But it's a story about a woman who. Everyone braced themselves, had a, quote, loud, full-bodied, loud and, loud and a full-bodied orgasm <laughs> at the L.A. Philharmonic during a Tchaikovsky uh, suite number. And so there is, there is, somebody must have just been recording just to record the Philharmonic there in the audience. And so you hear, and it was, and we've all had, I'm going to say we've all had this, but Go on. let me finish that sentence. <laughs> let me finish that sentence quickly. We've all had that moment where we're talking really loudly when there's music in the background and all of a sudden <laughs> the music cuts out and we're like shouting. And then that's where they found the infection or like something just horrible or whatever. <laughs> and so the Philharmonic, there's this big swelling suites of music and then, uh, and it ends and, you hear the woman continue to enjoy the moment. <laughs> and, and so that was confirmed by the Philharmonic what happened. And, and so that 
that's what started auto playing again in the background. So if you are, it is a pretty hilarious little little audio clip that if you are interested, you can Google with safe search. You should be able to still find it with safe search. <laughs> anyway, that's what started auto playing in the background, and then it cut to the Har- when Harry met Sally thing. So anyway. <laughs> Fate, fate had us talk about that story anyway. Yay. But now let's talk about leg lengthening surgery, uh, which is gaining popularity among men seeking to be taller. It's an intense and expensive process, but one that has become more popular and accepted. According to, according to Dr. Uh-oh, Shehab Mabutan, which is not at all correct, uh, a surgeon at the Height Lengthening Institute in Burbank. I have 60, 65-year-old guys that have come up to me to undergo the procedure because uh, the short jokes and feeling inferior just doesn't stop. Um, It is a $75,000 four-hour operation, which is not generally covered by insurance, that involves... Everyone brace themselves. No. Cutting the thigh bones in each leg and inserting rods inside them. Then over the next three to four months, the rods are lengthened up by to one millimeter, half the half the <laughs> half the length of what Manhattan is sinking every year. <laughs> Twice. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> lengthened by up to one millimeter per which day. Point zero four inches per day via an external remote control. Holy Toledo! New bone grows over the rods. Um, traveling to the edge of space. I, this article continues because I forgot to put a, <laughs> a, a paragraph break. Uh, but yeah, they do admit that it is not like it is a very, very, very minimal amount of surgeries that they do at this clinic, which is usually a rehab, you know, um, after major accidents or, or some sort of thing. But it is a per, uh, the perif- per, a proliferation of short king jokes on the internet. They say is only feeding this issue, but inquire to uh, inquire at the height the height lengthening institute in Burbank for all of your your leg lengthening needs. Um, I'll also take this next one real quick um, about traveling to the edge of space in a giant balloon of some sort to have some dinner. French startup Zafalto, which sounds either like a a the name of that the the vending thing in Big that gives that <laughs> grants <laughs> Tom Hanks's wish, uh, Zafalto or a, a medicine that would be sold to me. It's so funny. I'm, I'm going to take a sidestep of as the Not Nerd podcast would say. So I watch a ton of YouTube and I don't have the thing the um the subscription. Speaking of to skip the ads, so. There's always ads that I'm only seeing the first five seconds of before I skip. And there's a lot of them about medication. And there's two that really make me laugh. There's one about ulcerative colitis. And it's like, and I always think about these poor actors because the gist of the ad, which (laughs) the whole thing is like a minute long. And to watch people in medical ads is hilarious because it's usually no dialogue. They're just like performing daily tasks, but either like I'm sick or like I'm feeling great. And it's these poor people. Ultralift colitis uh, involves going to the bathroom a lot. There's colon issues and and all of that. And 
this ad's premise is like there's a person walking through their normal day, but instead of sitting down on a chair, they're sitting down on a big toilet in the middle of the office. Or like this lady is getting into her minivan, and instead of the seat, it's a big toilet. Or <laughs> and so I think about these poor ads. So there's the ultrative colitis one, but then there's another one that I don't know what it's for. Because in the first five seconds, and it's, it's a woman saying her testimony, and it's just like... Uh, a random footage of a car driving down the road and then it cuts to her at the very end and it says I'm having trouble driving I get these bumps under my arms and then that's all because I always I always press skip and like at the end she holds up her arm and like there's some bumps or whatever and I'm like <laughs> and I'm like I don't know what it is I don't know what it's for but she has trouble driving because she's got bumps under her arms so Anyway, she needs to take Zafalto for that. <laughs> the, the, French, the French startup Zafalto announced it will offer a six-hour trip up to the stratosphere or to the, uh, which is, or to the top of the Earth in a space balloon named Celeste for a fine dining dinner with unparalleled views. The space balloon will travel up to 8,220 – no, 82,000. 82,000, yeah. 21 feet with a 98% of the atmosphere below it. This is twice the high. This is twice the height that commercial flights fly. Well, no, that that's that seems incorrect. Isn't the cruising speed of a of an airliner like thirty thousand feet? Yeah, well, thirty forty five. Yeah. Oh, I was reading this again. Good grief. There's no commas in this number. So, so. then I'm like, 820 miles high. <laughs> or whatever. Okay, fine. Yeah. Fine, so it seems like it, it seems like it, sh- it seems like the stratosphere should be like at least three times higher than we fly. I didn't realize. I thought we were relatively low to the earth still when we were flying, but geez, I guess not. No, we're way up there. Uh, that's about 25 kilometers high because that's the altitude where you're in the darkness of space with 98% of the atmosphere below you so that you can enjoy the curvature of the earth in a blue line, says the founder and aerospace engineer with a French name I am not going to, to, to say. You're in the darkness, but without the zero gravity experience. Uh, it only cost 131716 U.S. dollars for a ticket that includes the flight and two two gourmet meals, aperitif drinks, wine. What are aperitif drinks? Uh, Just they, little tiny cocktails? Yeah, it's... Or uh, like palate cleansers, yeah, maybe? Digest, digestivos. Uh, they help uh, prepare your palate and body for digestion and so okay that always throws me off too when i wander past the little tiny section in the grocery store that's like england stuff and where they call their cookies biscuits and then their their biscuits digestives which is like the least appealing name for i'm gonna have a digestive um let's see so yes one hundred thirty-one thousand dollars wine tasting and a uh, stratigraphic photograph um, it's cheaper than the Virgin Galactic flights to space, which start at four hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars. The space balloon can hold up to six passengers at a time and two pilots with two hundred and fifteen square feet of room. Um, it'll be operated and filled with helium or hydrogen. So, what could go wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I'm kind of throwing this next little thing at you unprepared but we had talked the last time about the rei store closing and then blaming it on vandalism or whatever like that and as soon as we 
we did that, I started seeing some other um, people talk about how, well, there may be more behind that. I think you talked about rent uh, stuff. And then other people pointed out that that store was actively working to unionize. So I think speaking of how companies condition us to them getting away with a lot of this is seems evident in this story and I can't prove any of it, but there just seems to be a lot more to the story than blaming a little bit of, of petty theft. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, I, yeah, I don't know how both, both sides probably have a a bit of truth there. And sure, sure. Anyway, I'm reading this book right now. I'm about halfway through and it is one of the most kind of transformative books I think I've ever read. And it's called Poverty by America. It's not in front of me, so I can't uh, I can't think of the title right now, but Poverty, comma, by America. And it's uh, a journalist and economist who his whole life has been intrigued by the idea of poverty. He grew up in poverty. Um, uh, and he said, well, everything I read is about like – is about poor people, but, but less about, well, how do people become poor? Why are the poverty rates for the last 60 years, no matter who's in charge, Republican or Democrats, why is it not changing at all? And so it it looks at all of these huge systematic ways that our country, our world is like we've been talking about set up to produce poor people and yep. to keep them in poverty yep. in all of these ways that we either don't realize or don't recognize or don't want to believe. Um, and it is, it's one of those books where I started underlining stuff, but I'm basically just underlining everything. everything. I'm like, well, it's just a book then. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not, I'm not calling anything out if I just saying read the book again, but yeah, poverty by America. And I don't, I don't know if it has an audio book or whatever, but it, there's, it's it, super read. It's super readable. <laughs> it is easy to follow and understand. I'm not a person that understands money and economics, but it's very yep. plainly spoken and very well, well researched. And there is an audio book about it and uh, audio book of it. It's five hours and 40 minutes long. And uh, this description is really good. It, it says, in this landmark book, uh, the author draws on history, research, and original reporting to show how uh, affluent Americans knowingly and unknowingly keep poor people poor. Those of us who are financially secure exploit the poor, driving down their wages while forcing them to overpay for housing and access to cash and credit. We prioritize this subsidization of our wealth over the alleviation of poverty, designing a welfare state that gives the most to those who need the least. And we stockpile opportunity in exclusive communities, creating zones of concentrated riches alongside those of concentrated despair. Some lives are made small so that others may grow. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Who is the author of that? Is that uh, of Matthew Desmond is Matthew the, uh, Desmond. Yeah. yeah. Poverty by Maker. And like, yeah, there's that there's a whole section of like, we all know how we as Americans view the welfare system and people on welfare. I mean, that's just been fed to us our whole lives that their decisions got them where it like right. I'm, I'm here because I made all the right decision, all of that and how it shows that not only 
people not tapping into the amount of welfare that they are allowed, but the actual numbers of how much is going to people who make over $100,000 a year. And it's vastly more than we spend on, we just call them tax cuts instead of handouts and property this and, you know, family bonus that and like all of these ways. We don't think of that as welfare, even though it is. Right. We just call it a different name because welfare is shameful for shameful people who live shameful lives. So fascinating, fascinating book. I'm about halfway through. So, Uh, but let's turn in. I've got a couple story about AI, Uh, the Schumacher, Michael Schumacher, who is a uh, a Ferrari race car driver. And I don't really know anything about him. He's an F1 race car driver who is uh, popular and he's been, he suffered a brain injury back in the 2013 while skiing, but Michael Schumacher's family are planning legal action against a German weekly magazine over an interview with a Formula One uh, champion that was generated by artificial intelligence. The Ferrari great has not been seen in public since he suffered a serious brain injury in a skiing accident in 2013. The latest edition of Die Aktuel ran a full cover with a picture of smiling Schumacher and the headline promising the first interview. Um... It sounded deceptively real. The supposed quotes by Shoemaker reads, my life has completely changed since the accident. That was a horrible time for my wife, children, and the whole family. I was so badly injured that I lay for months in a kind of artificial coma because otherwise my body couldn't have dealt with it. In the end, it emerged that the supposed quotes had been produced by AI. So that article wasn't clear uh, if the magazine just made it up or if someone contacted them pretending to be him as an experiment or whatever. But um, yeah. and that move that moves us along to some music AI. Uh, after platforms were uh, forced to pull a fake Drake song, I would argue all Drake songs sound fake because every time I hear one, I think it is a parody of modern music. Yeah. So he is like by almost exponents the most streamed artist, the most like when it comes to streaming and watching videos like that. And I just. I don't get it. Yeah. But a viral song that replicates Drake and the weekends, the weekend I didn't notice until recently that there is no end in the end of weekend. Right. It's weekend. Weekend. <laughs> uh, so Drake and the weekend vocals have been pulled from multiple streaming platforms uh, for by following complaint by UMG, their music label. It was streamed 15 million times after being originally uploaded by a user called ghostwriter 977. Uh, he that user said in a sense deleted a post that they wrote and produced AI generated vocals for the rap song. The song was played 600,000 times, blah, 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 20 million clicks. This uh, UMG said in the media statement, the training of generative AI using our artist music represented both a breach of our agreements and a violation of copyright law. Um and they have an ethical responsibility to prevent the future use. While there are intellectual property issues, it's not really clear whether the label or Drake or the Weeknd have a claim under traditional copyright law, given that the song in question isn't something the artists ever wrote or sang, which is fascinating. Yeah. And it sort of reminds me, I was watching something, I was watching something on Crispin Glover, the actor Crispin Glover oh, last yeah. night, like about his career and stuff like that. And he did not get along with the Back to the Future filmmakers. And so he was not in the second one. In the second one, they used a body double. That's why he's hanging upside down. And it's kind of hard to see him or whatever. They used a body double and um, kind of 
made that body double to look like through prosthetics Crispin Glover, who then sued the movie. After which the SAG, uh, the Screen Actors Guild, came up with new rules of usage of likenesses and stuff like that. And so I imagine all of this stuff is just going to um, kind of do the same thing about likenesses for voices or writing style even or or uh, stuff like that. Or, or artistic creations in general. Like uh, we as a society, we're just not ready for AI and the, the legal ramifications of AI. The The... There's some new features in Photoshop, which I've used Photoshop since uh, 1996 uh, in version 2.1 before they had layers and before uh, they had the subscription services and before they had subscription services and uh, the new features you uh, integrate with AI. You can uh, highlight, you know, select your body on a picture of you and say replace this with a brown tweed suit and it will <laughs> yeah and it's just done in photoshop like it's, it's, there's there's not gonna be any dis- discernible differences between there's human there compute any... and, and compute compute and i I always wonder, is there a way that a computer has to watermark or somehow, and but then you can just get around that by taking the watermark or whatever, but there's got to be some solution where it's like, no, this, we can tell because of X, Y, speaking of the future, future stuff that will, one of the, one of the assignments is to come up with a future artifact. Like if your scenario plays out. What are what's a physical object that would exist because of this or whatever and warning like a government warning or or something where it's like this you have to you have to disclose this was created by AI or program that in so there's no way a computer can output something that doesn't have a traceable digital footprint or something like that. Yeah, you would you would think that uh, again we're just not ready for AI and the legal ramifications of it. Uh, there there was a uh, a lawyer who used ChatGPT to create a brief for a legal brief for a uh, uh, a court appointed uh, situation, and the ChatGPT used uh, it, it wrote a fantastic brief and it cited some cases that it fabricated and uh, don't <laughs> exist as real things, and so the, oh the my creative gosh. and. And as more and more content is generated computationally and put out into the ether and is read by other language (coughs) models and and brought back in, which is real and which isn't real is a massive problem. Uh, Because up until this point, you could safely assume that most of the content that's out there in the ether was written by a human. And now that's not the case anymore. You know, we, we write a blog post a day and we're, we are writing the, the foundations with chat GPT. And then we go in as humans and, and make, you know, make modifications to it and everything. But I would say, 
75% of the content that we are coming coming out of, you know, my my own company, which is a web development company, is generated by AI. And then AI will just feed on AI and will be in an infinite loop of... Yep, of noise. <laughs> wow. Yay. Well, this, this next story is perfect for you, Mark. Uh, are we... Uh, USS Gerald oh, Ford. Oh, sorry. Oh, there. Yeah, there was just to follow that. The those Lost other two Oasis AI album? stories, a Lost Oasis album, which is an AI generated album meant to sound like oh. an Oasis album <laughs> that came out, um, and the massive, massive horrific, a massive horrific bat spotted in Washington, the Bat Squatch, turned out to just be an ad for a new beer. So oh, okay. <laughs> that, that is not a real story. Um, but then also AI predicting pancreatic cancer up to three years in advance. So like, hmm. yeah, good for it, I guess. Yeah, totally. <laughs> You're so, not all bad AI. But uh, in the Navy, the USS Gerald R. Ford welcomes a dog on deployment. So a special guest on board the Norfolk-based Aircraft carrier USS Gerald R. Ford CVN-78 is getting, getting her sea legs. Sage, a three-year-old yellow Labrador retriever, joined the crew on May 2nd. The Ford is the first U.S. Navy ship to have an expanded operation stress control, EOSC, canine throughout deployment. Sage is specially trained to help sailors cope with stress associated with deployment. Awesome. That is Super Very cool. cool. So on our submarine, uh, they did an experiment on us for stress relief. And what they put is in the uh, the cruise mess, the kitchen area where we all sit, and the, all meetings, all meals. Uh, it's kind of the auditorium of the submarine. And you could sit like 30 people in there. They put a <clears throat> picture on the wall of like a swiss uh neighborhood it it had like rolling hills and a couple little houses and it was beautiful and idyllic and the background and this was in 1992 right so the background behind the picture was a set of lights that changed with the uh, time day. of day, right? And so when it's yeah. light outside, yeah, which is a problem on a submarine to know what is day and night because you don't have a reference for that. The problem is uh, like 80% of the crew is on three section duty, which means that you stand watch for six hours and then you have 12 hours off and then you stand watch for six hours and you have 12 hours off. So your day is an 18-hour day instead of a 24-hour day. You work for six hours and you have 12 hours off. And the stupid picture in the the cruise mess only aided in the confusion and and distress of what time of day is it, you know, uh, because everybody was on a different biological clock. So uh, where are the missing hours? Just sleep? You get, well, so I would work from... Six hours of sleep? I'd work from midnight to 6 a.m. I'd sleep until 6 p.m. And I'd go back on watch at 6 p.m. till midnight. And then... Oh, oh, I see. And so, it's, and so okay. it was always oh, okay. a rotating... So my it's day a was 18... time of day. Right. 
And so I was never standing watch at the same time, except every three cycles, right? And so it gets super confusing. Your body gets, you know, it's yeah circadian circadian rhythm or whatever circadian circadian rhythm. They throw that out the window and and so so they were trying to do this like interesting experiment to help us stay, you know, connected with an outside world, but it it made it like notably worse. <laughs> you know? That's so, so. crazy. <laughs> so. I don't think I would do well on a submarine. I, I would have done much <laughs> better with a dog. <laughs> Speaking of not being able to live with other people, I don't know that I'd do well on a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Phil and Penny Knight ha- invest $400 million to Portland's Albina neighborhood. This is the totality of the article, which I kind of appreciate. Nike co-founder Phil Knight and his wife Penny tapped Rakaya Adams, the former chief investment of Meyer Memorial Trust, to manage the fund. Huh. That's all. Interesting. So we drove through the Albina neighborhood yesterday, and we did witness the brief, like, it just happened within the last half an hour. There was a car that went through uh, a car accident that uh, put a car into the front of the Albina Press, which is uh, a, a coffee shop, my favorite coffee shop in Portland okay. uh, right there. And r- another vehicle who wrapped themselves around a tree. Uh, it was it was a very horrific accident. But there was a lot of things going on in the Albina neighborhood just yesterday. What I am fascinated to find out what they're going to do with that. Uh, like, yeah, I'm sure there's yeah. I'm sure there's longer articles somewhere. But um, yeah, so I yeah. thought that was uh, that was really cool. Um, cool. That and Bu- BuzzFeed News is shutting down. Yay. Which what an interesting traject business trajectory BuzzFeed has had. Like. From a joke, but then to like this super serious part of our news culture, and yep. then now to, like, back again. That's and kind it, of a joke again, and, and going out of business. And then it's gone. And but this, wow. <laughs> but number ten will shock you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we guess what friend you are based on the type of donut you like. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I. Forgot. Have you seen the documentary Still? So No, not yet. Uh, is that the Michael J. Fox one? You were telling me about that. It is phenomenal. It is really, Okay, I'll really have to good. track it's, that down. It's on Apple TV. It's on Apple TV, right? Because yeah. I don't have an Apple it, account, so I'll yeah. have to go. It's on Apple TV. I'll have to, much like the, the machine that pulled electricity out of thin air, I will have to fire up my machine that will pull Michael J. Fox's still out of thin air. Yeah, highly recommend it. The, the production on that is, was fantastic. Really oh, amazing nice. interviews with him. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it's... Uh, I'm still thinking about it many days later and, and like, because Michael J. Fox was such an institution in my growing up in, you know, uh, family ties and, you know, all the movies and, uh, and all the things. And he was that like icon of a actor who was the king of the crop at the, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll need to watch that tonight. That's a good idea. 
Well, finally. It's not quite a... Usually we either end on a, on a local hero story, but I don't know that this is a local hero story. Tennessee hotel guest wakes up night <laughs> wakes up to night manager sucking on his toes. David Neal, a 52-year-old manager at the 4th Avenue South Hilton Hotel in Nashville, allegedly crept into a male male guest's room while he was sleeping on March 30 and got intimate with his feet. The guest told police he woke up to Neal's mouth around his toes. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. And immediately and confronted. Im- and immediately confronted him. Hey, what are you what- doing? <laughs> Isn't it so funny when, like, to write kind of journalistic or dispassionately about what must have been the reaction to <laughs> waking up and discovering someone sucking on your toes? <laughs> Uh, he recognized Neil as one of the hotel employees who came into his room the day before to fix his TV. Oh, maybe maybe the guest was asking for it by having his little toesies out the, the day before. <laughs> Have we ever asked what, what this man was wearing? What was he wearing this? to deserve this? <laughs> Open-toed sandals, you <laughs> slut. Uh, Neil admitted to the police that he had entered the room, uh, but he claimed he did so because he smelled smoke. And wanted to make sure the guest was okay. Hey, your feet are hot. <laughs> Police said Neil never reported smelling smoke to security, and there were no other reports of guests or staff smelling the smoke at a hotel. So amazing! What a shocking thing to 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 wake up to. There's nothing with so, with a night manager's quote mouth around his, his toes. toes. So, uh, all right. Well, I did. I in case we were running, uh, had time to fill. I had this whole thing about why banana flavoring doesn't taste like banana, which it was an interesting thing I watched last night. So I'll save that for another time. Sweet. Now we'll never know. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, it was very good speaking with you again, Mark. In- getting back on the podcasting horse. Indeed. Um, you got any plans for this Memorial Day weekend? Um, I do not. I'm finishing up a paper and presentation about the future today. The future. Um, tomorrow I've got, oh, I've got some chat GPT work to do tomorrow because I'm going to work on some brilliance stuff. Ah, nice. So I will become, I will become part of the problem tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Nice. And that's about it. So yeah, one week one week to graduation and Colin will leave and then I'll be going down to Arizona for like four days midweek in, in June. So keeping my head down until then. Cool. But I'm cool. very excited to meet meet your new Penelope new dog. Little Penelope. She's pretty cool. Cool, uh, cool. Well, yeah. I think that's yeah. it. Didn't well, need to cut you off. No, I, I wasn't saying anything. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening once again, all all handful of you that are that are that are still around and listening. We appreciate it. And I always appreciate it as well. So thank you for listening. I don't know what I will go out with. I don't think I'll go out with the audio of the Trickhouse cast. <laughs> maybe I'll just drop some of that in and then people can. Well, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. So we'll see you later, guys. I'm, I'm, we're hitting eject. All right. Bye-bye. I'll have what she's having.